You just, it's, it's like fishing. You have to put yourself out in the water like bait in a way where you're findable. So motivated sellers will find you. There is no such thing as a bad deal. You're either going to capture the equity of a motivated seller, or you're going to learn something. Are you guys surprised that we can buy a house with equity in one phone call with terms? I don't care what happens, I don't care what they say, you just stick to the script. The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. Guys, we're gonna go ahead and get started with this video case study. So for those that don't know me, my name's Brad Smotherman, and this is really part two uh, of an episode that James and I did uh, really beginning of the year. So the first 57 days of this year, we captured a million dollars worth of equity. And we were really happy with that, but I was really looking at everything. And I was looking at the systems, like the marketing systems, and I was looking at the labor, the team that we have, and really we, we weren't redlining quite yet. So I, I made a decision to really shoot for a million dollars a month in equity capture, because I never really knew anybody that's done that, and certainly nobody that's done it consistently. And I thought, gosh, you know, our systems are working, we're not overrun, and so I thought maybe we could do it. And so we made the decision to shoot for it uh, in April, to shoot for it, I think in, in May, right? May, we missed. I think we captured somewhere around 850000 in equity, yep. something like that. June, we hit it. And so I remember specifically where I was. We had the goal for a million dollars in June, and we were somewhere around like $960,000. And it was the last day of the month. <laughs> and you'll remember this too, Tony. So I was riding back from Atlanta. We have a deal in Atlanta. And so I was riding back from Atlanta, and, and I was on the interstate, and it was like 7.30 p.m. Central Time. We had like four hours left, but we had five or six contracts out, like a, maybe three of them were yours and a couple of them were Tony's. And I remember I got an email DocuSign. So a lot of what we do, we buy remotely because we found that we really don't have to go in person anymore. So I remember the email came in and I remember thinking there were three of those five contracts that were out there that would put us over. And this was one of them. It was a $100,000 net deal. This was Greenville. Oh. Yeah. And so I remember that uh, I had this kind of a, an interesting moment. I was driving, and I shouldn't be talking about this on camera, looking at my contracts while driving. <laughs> Don't do that. this at home, kids. But I remember that um, I, I was like, oh, man, we did it. And it was kind of like this mountaintop moment for about 15 seconds. <laughs> and so the, the, the next thing I thought about was, well, I wonder what we can do next month. You know, and, and I have to kind of slow myself down to a certain extent because I'm always kind of trying to push things and, and do more as opposed to enjoy the moment. And I don't recommend that. Like enjoy when you have a win. 
But the next month, which was July last month, we did 1,130,000 in equity. So the first month, we did approximately a million thirty thousand in equity. That was June, July. We did one million one hundred thirty thousand dollars in equity, and so we really just wanted to revisit this as a case study and look at it as like how we did it, the systems that we have, the marketing that we have. We're going to talk about the deals. We have a, a new team player with us today. So it was me and James last time. We got Big Tony with us today, and we're going to have fun with this. So uh, I think it's going to be valuable for you. Super casual. We're just going to talk about deals, and and this is uh, what we have fun doing every day. So, without further ado, let me introduce the team. I've got Big Tony Woodall with me to my right. Tony's been with me for, I guess, ever since we we really began to scale. Tony, what six seven years ago? Yeah, something like that. I think it's seven. Yeah. So uh, a long time. Tony was the the first person to really join this with me. Kind of the first apprentice. Yeah, in a big way, because Tony's done a lot of deals himself at this point. And Tony's background was in ministry for a long, long time, and then healthcare consulting. And so he he's very, very good with people. And he's done a lot of his own deals. He does rehab deals. You got a, a deal closing on your own street right now, don't you? Yeah, about four doors down. Yeah, four doors down, walking down the neighborhood for sale by owner sign, and, and you're going to lick what on that deal? Probably 40, 45. Yeah. So the, the deals are still out there, guys. They may be on your own street. Last but not least is James Garland. James has been with me for about a year. James com- came from the corporate world for about 33 years, something like that, yep. and decided to to get into this with no real estate investing background. But uh, most of the transactions, uh, certainly this year, have been from from James. Tony right. has been running rehabs up until really last month, maybe a month and a half. I was once a superstar in this business till this fella came along. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it goes. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to have fun with this. So <laughs> I guess first question, I asked this last time to James and I'm going to ask it to both of you guys just to kind of kick things off. So are you guys surprised at what we're able to do? Because I mean, everybody's talking about, I can't find motivated sellers right now. There's no deals in the market. And here we are, we're doing a million dollars plus per month consistently in equity position. And before you answer, let me define what that means. So a lot of people talk about sales, like, oh, I've got a million dollar business. Well, that doesn't mean anything in this business, right? I mean, a million dollars in sales in some markets, I mean, could be one house per year or you know two or three per year, depending on median pricing, right? What we're talking about whenever we're talking about equity capture is our expected sales price minus the cost to sell minus cost of goods sold. So we're talking about a true gross profit number. Now, uh, is that a true net number? No, it's not. So we have an office here. We've had to upgrade offices since the last video series or, or um, the last case study video on, on what we're, we've been doing. Uh, we have more team members now than we did. I'm going to do a separate video on the team, what the structure looks like. And uh, what one thing I'll, I'll submit to you guys, the more team members I have, the faster we go. Mm-hmm. And so I think like as a net cost, I've talked to you guys about this, that the team members aren't really a net cost to us at all. Like they're really providing so much value, so much value to the business that they really pay for themselves to a big extent. So uh, we, we can talk about that another Pretty day. Immediately. Yeah. I mean, almost instantly. So like, you know, the bookkeeper, Abby, I hate to say bookkeeper, she, she's far more than that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Abby will catch things on invoices that 100% pays for her salaries. You know, James and Tony and acquisitions, I mean, if they create one or two more deals a year than what I could do on my own because they're available and I wouldn't be, then they're paying for themselves. You know, Grace is our new transaction manager. And so she's doing transaction coordinating on all of the purchases and sales. Uh, she's looking at the HUDs like line item by line item where I wasn't doing that. So she's catching things that I wouldn't have caught. 
And so it, it's really an interesting study. We'll, we'll go through that another time, but that's kind of the, the high points of it. But in this market, are you guys surprised at the deals that we do? We'll go with Tony first. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, you mentioned motive. people are saying they can't find motivated sellers. Well, you don't find motivated sellers. If you're finding, if you're trying to find motivated sellers, you're the one that's motivated. And if you're motivated, they've got the leverage. You just, it's, it's like fishing. You have to put yourself out in the water like bait in a way where you're findable. So motivated sellers will find you, which means that without even realizing it, you have the leverage unless you turn around and give it back to them. Making an offer. By making an offer <laughs> and chasing them down. So no, it doesn't surprise me at all. It's been, I mean, you, in one sense, you hate to find that many motivated people that need to do something with their property. And if they're just trying to save 6% on real estate fees, then that's not the motivation. That's not motivation. Yeah, that's not motivation. And so uh, you hate for anybody to be in trouble with their house. But there is something worse than them being in trouble with their house. And that's if they lose their house and they have no way to do anything else. So the fact that we're able to help them get out of that position and help them move on to their next place is really a great benefit to them. Yeah. And to jump into that really quick, one of the things that I've seen really in the past 30 days that we haven't seen for a year and a half, for the first time in that time, we're starting to see financial motivation. So with COVID, we had uh, the forbearance plans that were were really rampant in the, the market. And so I don't remember the exact numbers. I know it was roughly 200,000 foreclosures happened in the year 2020, which is about one fifth of what's typical in this kind of a market, even a healthy market. And so a big chunk of our business really went away. It's coming back with a vengeance. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about Sellersburg. Mm. That was a, a pre-foreclosure. South Pittsburgh. Uh, South Pittsburgh, yeah. I mean, w- we have a lot of pre-foreclosure deals that are starting to come in, and these are big equity positions. So, I mean, a, a little goes a long way with those. James, any thoughts on what you're seeing with the, the lead quality? And everybody seems to talk about there's no deals out there, and that's just not what we see. No, that's not what we're seeing at all. You know, the funny thing is, when you talk about motivation, you got to find that motivation sometimes. You know, they're not just going to pop out and tell you, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on. So if you stick to that script and you that almighty question, you know, tell me a little bit about the place, kind of what you got going on with it. And then next thing you know, they just start talking and then you just listen and then you'll find their motivation. You'll find whether or not they're motivated or not. A lot of times it starts with uh, just give me an offer, you know, and that's all I need is an offer. And then you have to stick back to that script because it's so tempting to just, you know, try to make the deal work. So you stick to that script and then they come back and they tell you the motivation. And and that's really the key issue, because if you're not motivated, we're not going to get the deal. Yeah. Let me and I'm going to start to go off in left field for (laughs) just a second. I, I really like this stuff really lights me up because everybody's out there making offers. Guys, we can't make offers. If you're making an offer, Tony really said this well, is if you give someone a yes, no answer, then they hold the power. Mm. And I've never heard it put exactly that way. The reason that we don't make offers, two main reasons. Number one, if you're making offers, you're going to get shopped. And if you've ever, if you've been in this business for a while and you made an offer and then you called back to follow up and they got a thousand or two thousand dollars more, you got shopped. Okay. That doesn't happen when you don't make an offer. So they make us an offer and we decide to accept it or not. Okay. We can whittle away at that number based on how we negotiate. The, the second reason is that if you're making offers, your best deals are getting worse. So one of the the most uh, egregious examples of this, we had a deal in Somerville, Alabama, and you rehabbed that one. Uh, we called it the flea house because it, it had the worst flea infestation that I've ever had. 
I'm going to tell myself real quick. So I went into this house. The, the house had already been treated for fleas like two or three times. And I thought, oh, it'll be fine. I looked down and from my knees down was just covered. And so like I ran out of the house. I took my pants off in the backyard and they were still jumping on me. And so I'm like, well, I look like a fool now. But I had a bottle of Four Roses single barrel in my trunk. And I just thought about it like rubbing alcohol to get rid of these damn things. And so I, I started pouring this single barrel Four Roses on my legs to get rid of these fleas. And so I left my pants in the backyard and I drove from Alabama back home to Nashville. And then I thought, what am I going to tell a police officer yeah. <laughs> if I get pulled over here? You know what I mean? Like, how's that going to work? Like, officer, I have a crazy story. You're not going to believe it. I know I smell like liquor. I haven't been drinking. Luckily, that didn't happen. But here's the, here's the deal. So we bought this property for $15,000. Okay. We sold it for, I believe, two thirty-five or two forty, something like that. Carl Randall, shout out to you. He was our uh, agent there in Huntsville. So I never would have had the gall to offer fifteen grand when she had paid $160,000 for it like six or seven years prior. But $15,000 was her number, and we were agreeable with that. So if you're making offers, like number one, you're getting shopped. Number two, your best deals are going to get worse, right? So you're going to leave more money on the table than you're making if you start to do things like that. So motivated sellers are important. That's what everybody is focused on right now. It's one part of three. So like we have to have good motivation with our lead flow. That's people coming to us, asking us to buy something. We're not out there reaching out to people, asking them to sell something. And then the second part of this is uh, negotiation. So we can have really good lead flow, but if we have a really janky negotiation script or no script at all, which is even worse, we're not going to be as good as we could be at capturing those leads and capturing that equity. And then third is deal structure. So one of the things that that may become a little bit convoluted because we don't have a whiteboard, we're not going through things in depth with some of these deals is how we're taking over payments, how we're getting 0% on our financing, how we're able to make a good deal in price even better with terms. So if we don't have all of these things in our business, then we're going to have a tougher time, right? So let's just kind of jump into it. Let's talk about some of the deals. And what, what was the first deal of, of the month? Well, Tony, I, the first one I got was uh, Santa Maria Court down in Jonesboro, Georgia. Well, since you right now have been buying three houses to every one of mine, <laughs> I would say it was yours. <laughs> so go. Well, you know, this deal was, uh, was a sub-two deal. We took it 96 sub-two with only 1,000 on the walkaway. Which seemed to be pretty good. It was a it was a health issue. Mother and father both was deteriorating health, and the daughter was the one that reached out to us. You know, we ended up having to pass on this deal. You know, we got the home inspection back, and it was uh, one of the worst ones I've seen in a while. So when we added it up, what it was going to cost to make it right, it just wasn't affordable for us to do that deal. So we had to pass on that deal. So that that was the first one, but pretty excited about it at first until we got that home inspection. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody bats a thousand. So we're going to put stuff under contract that makes sense day one, and this is one of the the main. I think errors that I see in the market is people want to know, oh, exactly what the balance is, exactly what their pair cost is, those kinds of things. We're going to have a good Wrigley Field ballpark perspective on what that is, and we're going to make decisions based on that. Nobody's going to know everything until we like have a home inspection. I mean, I don't go underneath houses, and I haven't for a long time, and frankly, I wouldn't know what I'm looking for anyway. These guys aren't doing that either. I mean, really, we're buying stuff just strictly on the phone at this point. And I think out of the whole year, we might have less than 10 that we bought in person, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Uh, although Bradyville, I know you did, and McMinnville, which both of those were killer deals we're going to talk about. But we were happy to sign it up day one. And if it falls out in due diligence because we find out something we didn't know, then that's just how it goes, right? So we don't get hung up on the losses because the wins far outnumber that. So let's go to deal number two. 
Well, the second deal was is a good deal. We just closed on that this past weekend. Uh, South Howe down in Chattanooga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, Tony went over there and took a look at it. Yeah, well, really and it nice. was five hundred square feet bigger than we thought. Five hundred square feet bigger. It has an upstairs that, that we didn't even know about. <laughs> and uh, you know, it seemed pretty clean, right, Tony? I mean, yeah. oh, it's very, very clean. We took do very little to it. You know, he started off with uh, Brad originated the triage call on that one, and then passed it off to me. And, and we got him down to, to one hundred twenty-eight. You know, all cash, exit out. We thinking around what two fifty, something like that. And our rehab is ten at most. Ten, yep. yeah. I mean, that, so that that's killer. I mean, that that's really nice. The funny part about this one is we have a, a newer guy helping with acquisitions, Drew, and Drew is in here training with us. And I was telling him about the triage call and how it works. We had a lead come in and me and James were sitting at the table with Drew and a couple other team members. And so I decided to run the triage and just kind of like see where it went. And uh, it was really funny because I asked him what he was wanting at closing. And he said, well, I, I would take 140, I believe he said. Mm. And I didn't say anything. And I paused and I let him feel that tension. And he said, but I'd probably take 120. And so it, it was really funny for, for Drew to see that really day one in, in terms of uh, the power of the script. So that was a fun one and a, a deal that we would do many, many more of yeah, based on that. That's a, that's a good deal. Yeah. And, and by the way, on good deal, there is no such thing as a bad deal. You're either going to capture the equity of a motivated seller or you're going to learn something. So I would encourage you to, if when you find yourself, hear yourself saying, uh, all my leads are bad leads. Well, what that tells me is, is that you're not learning anything. So you got to stay focused on those leads because none of them are bad. You're either going to get better or you're going to capture some equity. It, it's not about, you know, I'm a house flipper or identity and all that stuff. It's about capturing equity. We're not even really in the real estate business. If we could make more money on athletic socks, we'd be flipping <laughs> athletic socks. It's That's about, the truth. It is. It'd be it, a lot easier. Yeah, it'd be, it's about capturing equity. So anyway, go ahead, brother. Sorry about that. Oh, that's good. That's, I think you're on the next one. Oh, okay. Well, and these aren't in order either, so yeah. I don't even know when they were. This one's Ninth Court West, Birmingham, Alabama. So, which I used to hang out in that neighborhood when I was a kid, because it's in the same neighborhood with Legion Field down in Birmingham, where oh heck, I didn't yeah, know that. where the Crimson Tide used to play football, <laughs> Roll Tide. Anyway, <laughs> by the way, hang on, I don't mean to interject here. I was at a closing with Darla, and I was telling her about I think it was Howell. I was telling her about the deal there. And I was telling her about this equity position that we picked up, and she said, "Roll Tide." <laughs> that's exactly. And I didn't know that that was a saying in Alabama, yeah. like, "Hey, that's great," or something like that. I was like, "Wait!" It, it really took me off that's guard. Right. That's All right, right. sorry. I, I just so if y'all hear that, that's if what you're it from is. Alabama, it's you can say "Roll Tide" is just a saying. That's like heck yeah. But if you're from Alabama and you're charismatic, it's either "Roll Tide" or "Holy Ghost." Either one of them will work. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ninth Court. It's in an older neighborhood. Probably 80, 85 years old, brick home. It's on a corner lot. But, you know, when you're first getting there, all you're seeing is everything grown up around it. The The brick is a dark color, so it doesn't look big at all sitting on the lot. And there's trash all over the place. But in that neighborhood right now, they have been rehabbing for some time. About two blocks in one direction, there are rehabs everywhere. This is kind of the end of that rehabbing before you get down to uh, a high school and this big football stadium. But 
past it, they also have three or four. So the ARV on it was speculative in the beginning because yeah. of the area it was in. It's transitioning. Transition for sure. So, you know, we what I just stayed focused on, though, was how can I help this person who is motivated uh, pass that burden off to yes. me? And so it turned out that she felt like she knew what she needed, which was going to be about 72 okay. at the time and 72 at closing. There was a lien involved in that 72, but it turned out it wasn't enough for us to take it subject to. So right. we just are paying cash and getting rid of it as well. The rehab on it is going to be 20, 25 at the most. We have settled on somewhere around 200 as a conservative estimate on our exit. And I like a lot of times settling on a conservative estimate on our exit. We can be surprised by more. You just never want to be surprised by less. Correct. So it turns out we were a little edgy at that spot. So when we met and I pitched it to Brad, he pitched it back and said, we're going to have to do better. So I went back to our seller, our motivated seller, and explained to them the situation I was in because of the, the part of the neighborhood I was in and some of the extra stuff we were going to have to do to it. And stuck with the script. I'm just basically going through the script again. Same script I went through the first time. Because the numbers changed. Because the numbers changed. Yeah. And I asked, what is the least she could do? And she said, I could do 48, which that's cash to her. The lien was 10. So she dropped it $12,000 just like that. I asked her one more time, knowing what we're going to do, is that the best you can do? And she said it is. So I said, okay, that's fine. So we took that one. So the ARV is a conservative 200, all cash at 58 with a rehab of 20 to 25. So we're in good shape. Yeah, we're in good shape. And whenever we're in transitioning areas, we have to be really conservative. You know, so like, uh, like Tony says, I mean, sometimes I feel like it's okay, but you know, we have a lot of deal flow. Like we have leads that are coming in. I'm going to show my ads account here in just a minute. But I mean, we have the ability to be a little bit picky. You know, we don't have to push to try and figure out how we can make something work. We want to to disqualify things. So it's like, here's the numbers. What holes can I poke in this to where it doesn't work for me anymore? And if it passes that litmus test and people say things that cause us to buy a house, then that's fine. You know, we can do that. Mm -hmm. But but overall, I, I'm really happy with that. So what else? What? I'll share a little one now, Calera, Alabama, which, to be honest with you, uh, I was out. This one came in with my name on it. James did the entire deal <laughs> and then just handed it to me. So I told him I owed him a steak. I'm still just, waiting for him to forget about it so <laughs> that I won't have to or take him to get a sack of Crystal One. So this one, ARV is 120 on it. Walk away is 40,000. Rehab's around 20, 25. I mean, it's a, it's an easy little deal. So what was the numbers again? 120 is the ARV, I think. Okay. Walk away is 40. Rehab's about 20. Okay. So we're at 50% of value. Yeah. And, and that's safe. Yeah. So we're good with that. Yeah. One of the things that we're seeing in the markets right now is, you know, for a long time, so I'm based out of Nashville, Tennessee, but we do deals in Nashville, Orlando, Atlanta. We've done deals in Raleigh. I mean, 23 or so states. Savannah, right? Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Really Kentucky. all over the Southeast. Yeah, Kentucky. we got deals there. North Carolina. Ohio. Uh, yeah, Ohio. We closed one there. We could go on and on, obviously. But one of the things that we're seeing is the metros have been hot for a while. So like Atlanta and, and Charlotte and Nashville and all these markets, Birmingham to a certain extent, have been hot for a while. But you know, so like Nashville is a really good example. You know, you had pockets that were hot and then the whole city got hot. 
And now people are jumping to, you know, the suburbs and now people are going tertiary. So we're seeing basically the pebble drop in a pond and these ripples like cascade out. The equity is pushing out. And so now we're seeing some of our better deals are in markets where I don't even remember or I didn't know prior to purchasing these properties where they were. But we're seeing like in Summertown, which is a deal that we did months ago, Summertown, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. which is a really, really small town. But now a double wide on land might be $140,000. That one we bought for twenty five, dollars But, you know, three, four, five years ago, it might have been sixty or seventy five. dollars mm-hmm. You know, so we're seeing the, these these equity pockets pop and we'll up do really 15 all over the on Summertown. The rehab will be about $15,000. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, really a nice deal. But we're seeing the, these equity pockets kind of pop up all over the place, which is really interesting. But we're seeing that in, in parts of Alabama as well. It doesn't matter what the property is as long as we're buying equity. You know, that that's a litmus test that we have is, you know, can we make a reasonable gain on the property, right? All right, so what's next? Well, you know, before I get into this next one, I, you know, Tony mentioned a while ago that I helped him out with Claire, but one thing I like about this team is we all work together, you know, mm-hmm. we're all, we all help each other out. And I'm really looking forward to everybody going and getting trained and everything. But this particular deal, Tony's helped me out tremendously. Of course, I can't tell you exactly how, but uh, we'll <laughs> talk about that in, in private. But I keep so, telling him I have. But so this lead came in and I called the lady up. I don't know and, what they're talking about. Oh, you'll find out. You'll okay. <laughs> uh, so I called the lady up and, you know, she was all about telling me how beautiful her house was, how it only needed like maybe $1,000 worth of repairs and, and everything was great. And, uh, you know, we got to we got to talk about the numbers. And then she said, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, my house is getting sold tomorrow on the courthouse steps. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's getting foreclosed on. You know, so that was that kind of put a monkey wrench in the plan. So I thought. So we ended up taking the house uh, sub two on the mortgage of two hundred and giving her five on a walk away. We think it's probably going to be a three fifty exit. So we, you know, Tony helped me out by getting the the sale moved a little bit, right, Tony? Yeah, we just yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we got it moved back. Yeah. So now we're working on getting that taken care of. That that's a real sweet deal. I mean, it's a really nice house, brick house, and like I said, three fifty exit and. Sub two on the mortgage. Very good nice. on that. Yeah, really good. Yeah, Sellersburg, Indiana. Yeah, which is north of Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. yep. Okay. So I remember one thing about this one that was kind of interesting. There's raccoons in the attic. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, or they squirrels. Are, the raccoons, you said. Raccoons. Yeah, okay. they were at one time. Yeah. Okay. So they can wreak some havoc. But you remember we had that one in Antioch that had raccoons in it. We had to bring in a, a crew to remove them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. Uh, I think nothing's worse than those bats that Tony dealt with a few months back. Oh, yeah. In Silicaga, Alabama. Yeah. Bats, bats of Silicaga. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's one of the deals pre-foreclosure like we're seeing again. So we're, we were really happy to pick that one up. All right. What's next? So the next one came in on the same day as the Sellersburg deal. And it's like a totally opposite end of the spectrum. So this was in Sneedville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Don't ask me where that's at, but it's down East the middle. Is it East Tennessee? Oh, that's right. Your neighbor is right there. But, you know, this is a 27 acres. 27 acres. We got it for forty-five cash. We're thinking one hundred and thirty, maybe more on the on the exit on that. So that's a good deal. How many close. acres? Twenty-seven plus acres. a house. Plus a, a house. house. Yeah, okay. can't forget the house. Yeah, for how much? Forty-five. Boy, I didn't know that. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. I think but deals are out there, guys. Now you owe me a steak. Oh. <laughs> 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 so what about the next one, Tony? I think that was yours, man. So okay. by the way, on that one, we're going to owner finance it. Oh, yeah. So it's not a property that we want to take retail. So we're going to owner finance it. We can generally get a little bit higher of a price with owner financing. So maybe it's one hundred and forty. Get ten, fifteen thousand dollars down. We bought it for forty five. So let's say we have thirty thousand dollars tied up in a one hundred thirty thousand dollar note, something like that. Okay. So there, there's not many things that are 
worth 130 that I wouldn't pay 34, but luckily this cash flows. So like this is playing the long game. So I look at this business as really being both a short game and the long game. Uh, and what I mean by that is this, like I'm not a wholesaler. I don't wholesale at all. I think that that's the rat race of real estate investing. And with that, a lot of what we're doing right now because the prices are so high is we're taking them retail and taking the cash. That's a short game. So we want your, your cash needs to be met. But at the same time, unless we're building assets, we're really not getting ahead. And what I mean by assets is something that, that pays you cash flow each month. So some of these deals are going to take retail and take the cash. Some of these details we're going to take the note and we're creating long-term income and, and a long-term legacy. So the notes, I don't know when they're going to cash out. I don't know. It's not, I kind of look at it as being just kind of like money in a retirement account. So I'm 35 years old. I hope I have 40, 50 years before I retire. I love this business. But I really look at the, the owner finance notes as, as being something that I can't really touch the cash. But, I mean, you can't do that in a retirement account or a CD no. or anything like that anyway. But we're cash flowing really, really well. Yeah. So uh, that's what our exit is on that one. And what investment are, are you going to put your money in where you're going to get 7 8 9% on your money? Well, not only that, but <laughs> it's, it's 7 8 9% on the 130. Yeah. But we only we we basically bought that note of one hundred thirty thousand on this deal for thirty k. So the yield on our thirty is like thirty forty percent. So it's it, it's really powerful. Yeah, really powerful. My turn. Yes, sir. All right, let's look at uh, Morristown, Tennessee. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So this one has an ARV of two hundred ish. I think a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Yeah. We wound up giving fifty eight for it. Unless I'm thinking about the wrong Morristown. It might have been fifty eight cash at closing. Fifty eight cash at closing. Okay. And we yeah, and we took we took what how much do we have? It was hundred and twenty five total, yeah. I think. Yeah. So would we just been, paid cash on it. So it would have been uh hundred and twenty five, fifty, seventy five, about sixty something. I think it was sixty four. Okay, we took sub two. Does that sound right? Well we, we ended up just paying cash because the 58 cash at closing was enough to where we just extinguished the first. You remember what we paid cash for? 125. I okay. think. Yeah, that's I think. what I got there. 125. Yeah. All right. So, and then uh, that is 20, maybe 25 on a rehab, but I think we can do it for 20. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we looked at it. It was one that at first I kicked back and I said, hey, you know, I, I don't think so. Ended up we had five or 600 more square feet than what we thought. Yeah, the entire basement, which is in good shape and has a nice enough ceiling, was all finished out and they weren't counting. Yeah, so that, that helps. <laughs> that helps. That does help. So I guess, are they out of that one? They're out of it. And we didn't have to clean it out. He cleaned it out for us. Cool. And the painting starts on it this week. Cool. This and another one. I'll th throw these two together since they're going to be rehabbed about the same time. Alpine Circle in Greenville. This was a, we from time to time get a hoarder house. Yes. And they're tough. They're tough to clean out on is. This was a sad situation. But we have a crew that will go into hoarder houses and clean them out for us. And they did. And the just the before and after on the clean out was unreal. So they're going to rehab Alpine and Morristown at the same time this next week starting. So the ARV on Alpine Circle is about 225 The walk away... Uh, was 68 and there was a lien for about 10 but i think we took them we just paid it cash didn't we no we bought that sub two. Oh, I, <laughs> the sub two is 68 okay and we okay. paid 10 cash yeah okay yeah i'm with you so i got all these together this morning so 
<laughs> and the cash is 10. So we've got majority of our money. We're paying for it in a very low interest loan, $10,000 cash at closing. That's about a 20 to 23, $24,000, maybe 20 to 25 on the rehab and an ARV of 225. So we'll be all in at 100, going to 225 exit cash. So we'll probably net 100, 110K. And uh, some of you may ask, why would you take something subject to if you're not going to own or finance it? Well, if we don't take that 68,000 sub two at 3% interest, three and a quarter percent interest, then we're going to have to borrow that money at 15% interest from a hard money lender. Right. And, it, and we're going to be paying out monthly on that. So we might as well take it subject to once we sell it retail, it's going to be paid off that time anyway. So, I mean, James and I talk about this all the time. You should always sub to everything you can, regardless of what your in exit is going to be, because you're saving yourself money, whether you're going to keep it in place or whether you're going to retail out. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on that, that that's the first issue. The second is the ability to scale. So, I mean, everybody has a a limited amount of resources in terms of how many transactions they can do at a time. So, I mean, whether that number is one at a time or 10 or uh, 150 at a time, I mean, that would be up to you. But us taking over these kinds of liens, it it cheapens our cost. But what it does really is we can take the same amount of cash and credit and go and do, you know, five, six, seven times the amount Mm -hmm. of deals Mm -hmm. at the same time in terms of purchasing. And so, Let's talk about this situation for just a second, because my understanding is that the guys that clean out a lot of our houses, they called you, right? And what did they say? They said, even we kind of don't want to do this. Is that what you're talking about, yeah. how bad it is? Yeah. Even we don't want to do this one. And they're like Mikey. If, you, if you're my age, he'll eat anything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was terrible. There were two holes in the roof, and so there was active water coming in while an elderly couple was living there. It's just and, terrible. And, to be, and their family knew nothing about it. They, their family lived out of town. They did not know it was in this bad of shape. And they, they weren't telling them. But there was water coming in every time it rained. They had a little blue plastic Walmart swimming pool in the kitchen floor that was catching the water from the hole in the kitchen. The Every room, I'm 6'8", and every room it was head high to me. The stuff mm. stacked up. So normally, you know, we'll have dry hoarder houses and they're easy to clean out. But yeah. a wet one is very difficult because then you run into mold, you run into, there were, there were dead animals throughout the house. There were a couple of cats that had passed away and they were put in dressers, dresser drawers. I mean, it was just a difficult spot for them to live in. Just a little bitty, um, you know, in Winchester, we had a hoarder house, but it was all dry and they would have a little bitty. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. They would have a little bitty uh, path going from the bathroom to the kitchen to the place. And people like that normally will sleep in the chairs that they have in there. They normally sit in the daytime. They'll just sleep at night because they can't get into the bedrooms. And it is extremely sad. And we try to go into that, even trying to save stuff that they may not know is there anymore. Yeah. Or photographs for family members, because it's usually a family member who's selling us the house at that time. So it was a difficult spot, but it's going to be a... It, it, it's done the family that needed to get rid of that house. There's no way they could have ever sold it on the market. No. And they'd already had people tell them no, investors tell them no, because they didn't want to clean it out. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> and so for us, it's going to be a good deal, and we've helped them out as well. So my understanding is it was a husband and wife, and then the, the wife passed away first, mm-hmm. and then the husband was there, and and 
his his whole family didn't know how he was living. Right. And then he passed away. Yeah. Right. And then they came in and 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 really I, I guess felt a lot of guilt. Uh it was terrible. They felt horrible. But at that point, I mean, there's really nothing they could there's do. nothing that they could do and he didn't reach out for help. And I've seen this kind of situation in my own family when I had a great uncle that passed away and it wasn't nearly like this, but you know, nobody could really believe that Uncle Ellis would would live that way. But you know, that's just how he he, he was living. So sometimes we can really help people. And, and those are the best, best deals when, mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing fine financially, yes, but for us to, to be able to, to help this person that inherited this problem that other people said no to, and I, I can't for the life of me understand why. I, it was a terrible situation. I mean, my understanding is that the, the guys that went in to clean it out, they went in, they smelled the smell, they walked out and threw up. Yeah. And we've never had that happen. I mean, we've been in some really nasty houses where we throw the clothes away. But I mean, this one was really bad. And, yeah. and to be able to take that problem for someone, pay them some cash, they don't have to worry about it anymore, but also take that house and revitalize it. And, and this is a nice neighborhood. It is a nice neighborhood. So and the neighbors, the neighbors gonna, were coming over and saying, thank you. Yeah. And they weren't being ugly about the folks that lived there. They felt bad about it, too. But yeah, people just help everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let, let's go to something a little bit happier, maybe. All right. Here you go. <laughs> I got one for you. Columbus, Mississippi. So the, this this lady is a retired faculty member of the Old Miss. For any mm-hmm. Old Miss fans out there, a lot better than Alabama, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, she started she started at sixty. You know, it was a double wide on an acre. She started at sixty, and uh, I kept. How much did she come down? Just. Immediately. Went from 60 to 50, and then okay. I was ready to just, you know, I was pretty much cutting her off because I, I, I was one going to get 50 for it. And, I, I, and I, the third time I asked her the lowest she'll take, and she went down to 30. Okay. Okay. So half. So, yeah. So then I started thinking about the structure of the deal. And uh, so we, well, what we ended up doing is, you know, getting her 15 at closing and 15 at 300 a month until pay. So she ended up tickled to death with that, and we closed on that this weekend, as a matter of fact. So cool, mm. awesome. I guess I knew that. I, I don't know if I did or not. Fifteen at closing, and fifteen, and 15 at thirty-three hundred a month yeah. until pay. Yeah. So zero percent interest loan. Yep. Uh, that's a lot better than those bank loans that a lot of you are getting. In. So uh, we highly recommend zero percent interest if you can get it. So we're going to owner finance that one as well. So this is one we don't want to go and do a rehab on. It's it's good enough to. To sell owner finance the way it is. And so we're just going to sell it owner finance, take the note, and have a nice little note there. Good yep. work, James. Thank you, Tony. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so this next one here is in LaGrange, Georgia. Uh, now, this is a deal that, you know, it took us a minute to get some good comps in here, if you recall. It was a tough one, yeah. yeah I remember. It, you know, we, we, she, she wouldn't go for sub two. She wouldn't go for something else, something later. She wanted two thir- 230000 all cash. We were thinking, you know, that it was going to be something different. But we ended up we ended up talking her into into sub two on it with seven thousand on the walkway. But uh, again, we just couldn't find the value in it, so we had to cancel that deal uh, after about two or three weeks. You know, which is like Brad says, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Uh, but we just couldn't find the value there. You know, her mortgage was so high. Even if we took it sub two, we wasn't going to get what we need to get out of it. So, is this the one where the the husband passed away? Yes. So we ended up renegotiating this. Yeah, that's going to be on next month's deal. I didn't know if you want. That's why I asked if you want to mention it twice or not. But yeah, we ended up renegotiating it. Okay, so let's talk about the renegotiation. Yeah, so we ended up renegotiating it, and uh, we 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 did take it sub two with uh, it was nothing on the walkway. What I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you help me out. Remember that? Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. So we ended up doing it sub two, but we're uh, still working through that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, husband passed away. She can't make the payments anymore. 
and we're just going to take over her loan and figure out what we're going to do with it. I don't know. We could retail it and make money, maybe 40 or 50. I'm thinking maybe this is better as an owner finance or maybe even as a rental, although I'm not a big rental guy. The property's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a really pretty shit. big house. And this is, I wouldn't say really a suburb of Atlanta, but I mean, Atlanta's definitely moving that direction. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Well, I know, Tony, you don't have but a few more, so I'm going yeah, can you handle some more of your <laughs> your vast uh, portfolio? So this, there, <laughs> this next one was out in the country, uh, right outside Knoxville, Tennessee, Go Vols, uh, in Rockwood, Tennessee. Uh, now, this one here, she's, you know, she had a mortgage, and this was an uh, inheritance issue. And she'd got it from her father that had passed away. And then her stepmother was really wreaking havoc on her. She, her stepmother called electricity, got it cut off, called the water, got it cut off while she was living there with her kids. So it was just wow. a big issue. So. She's trying to get out and go to Texas just as fast as she can. I don't know what's in Texas. But uh, so she she started with 20000 you know, walkway. She said so she had to have money to get her to Texas. You know, she had 116 on the mortgage. And, and so yeah, two it on takes that, 20K to get to Texas, by the way. So two on a mortgage was not a big deal, but the, the 20K on the walkway was just terrible. So I kept going with her and going with her about, you know, the condition of it and how low she'd take on it. So we ended up... Uh, she ended up accepting zero walk away. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, what what happened with twenty? She was to get not to coming off a of twenty. She wasn't coming off twenty until you know I kept talking to her about the condition of the house and the lowest she'd take. Finally, she said, "I just got to get out of here." So she went from twenty to zero okay. on, on, on one phone call. So we took it one hundred sixteen mortgage sub two. It's on an acre lot, permanent foundation. Closing on that, I think, in a couple of weeks. Mm. Cool. Uh, again, this is going to be an owner finance. Do we know the rate on the underlying? Uh, I don't know it exactly. I don't remember either. I, I think it's it's pretty darn cheap because she just bought it a few years ago. Yeah, I think it was in the threes or fours on the percentage. It's, yeah, so you know we're basically buying it at 116. Yes, sir. At say four percent, we'll sell it on our finance at eight percent. We're going to make just as much money as the bank is without having to lend the money, right? We'll create the note, create the cash flow, throw it into uh, the portfolio, and let it ride. So that that's playing the long game. I got, I'm going to do this one for, and then I'm going to let you go. Yeah. Okay, but this has got to be the best one of the whole day. Okay. For those of you that are familiar with Brad's group, I'm sure you remember a, a deal we had in Bristol, Tennessee. On oh, Anderson boy. <laughs> uh, and this was back in like November, I believe, or November, December of last year when this deal first came around. And uh, so we ended up, long story short, we had to get a survey because uh, it was the survey was really old. So we had to get a land survey. He was real good with that. They put some stakes in his land. It was really cold. And uh, I think our seller got a little intoxicated and he made a few phone calls. Uh, I'm sure you remember the lot of beeps. Uh, All right, so let's cut in here and let's put the voicemail in. You guys good with that? Yeah. All right, cool. Hello, James Garland. This is Paul Phelps, 1014 Anderson. I don't appreciate the God. Hey, contract was closed out February 17th. No and void. It is not renewed. You don't go on my God. So that's the voicemail that we got on this deal. So James, take it away. You know, so uh, under advice of Brad and uh, and our attorney, we decided just let let this gentleman 
lay low for a while. So we filed a memo on his title. And again, this was November, December of last year, maybe January. I, I can't recall, but it was cold. And then this past month shows up as a lead. Oh, well, I forgot about one thing. In between that time and this time, one of Brad's apprentices posted on the uh, on the page. Yeah, good old. Said, I got this deal in Bristol. Yeah, good old Justin Rogers. Uh, sorry, Justin, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I've said, wouldn't happen to be, and I mentioned the guy's name, and he said, oh, it sure was. So anyway, so so that, uh, Justin didn't buy it. Well, next thing you know, it pops up as a lead for me. So I call Brad. I'm like, look at this. You know, look who's lead. You know, should I call Brad? Said, eh, probably not. And I said, oh, what the heck? You know, so. I called the guy. I think I communicated via text or email first, but then we ended up talking and and uh, sweet as he could be, you know. Uh, what those, changed? What yeah. what could possibly change? Well, it was the season, Brad. Okay, it was the change of the season. You know, he, right. he informed me that during the winter times and cold months up in East Tennessee, it's brown liquor time, uh, and that, that was the brown liquor talking. Mm. Uh, now it's summertime now, and it's beer time. So you know, you don't talk <laughs> like that when you're under beer. So uh, so, but here's the deal, though. You know, we had him originally. We had him for like thirty thousand bucks, right, for the house. And when, when I called him back next time, because the only problem is James on 75. <laughs> so I said, well, I said, I'm trying not to say his name. I said, hey, you know, well, tell me something. What did you do between November and now to make it worth $45,000 more? And he says, nothing. He said, okay, James, I'll take 30, but I got to close in two weeks. And I said, no problem. So we got him at 30,000, close in two weeks, the exit on that. I'm thinking 175, 180. Once we get it rehab, yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a bigger, bigger rehab. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a bigger rehab, but um, that's okay. I mean, we have the margins for it. So, but that was a deal that we thought was just going in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that we'd well, never hear from again. I feel like I, I kind of felt like it would circle back around. I mean, one of the things about um, what, what do we call those people? Like uh, erratic, you know, erratic people is they usually get back to some sense of reality at some point. And so we filed the memorandum of contract, which basically clouds title from them selling it to someone else. And so uh, my assumption, I don't know this, my assumption is somebody had it else probably had it under contract. They said, hey, you've, you've got it, it under contract with these other people. They've clouded title. You're stuck. And then he kind of came to us hat in hand. And I, I thought it was really amazing that he said, oh, you know, he, did he ever really say sorry? Or was he just kind of no, like... The word sorry never came out of his mouth, but uh, you could tell that, you know, he knew he did something wrong. I mean, I'd be pretty damn embarrassed to do something like that and then... Yeah, have to come back around. So that that's a fun one. I wouldn't say it's our best deal of the month. No, it wasn't our best deal, but it was our most interesting. It was, our, yeah, it was our most interesting deal. I'd say. <laughs> All right, well, Tony, you got another in there. I mean, I, I got a few. Well, more. let me do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in two quick ones right here that we actually wound up not taking. Oh. We got them under contract, and then we we decided no. So um, the first one is uh, McMullen in Cressup Town, Maryland. Yes, this was, this was interesting. Yeah. So this one, the ARV was 90, cash at closing was 51, a rehab was going to be about 20. But uh, he he was struggling with it, having a hard, hard time because it was family, had been family property. Yeah. And so once we got, um, I got a message that said that if we went through with this, he was going to take his own life. Yeah. At that point, Brad said, cut him loose. Yeah. We're not interested in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And to jump in, I mean, if a seller decides that they don't want to sell to us, they want to keep the house, we allow that 100%. But what we do is we offer them a, a 10-year first right of refusal. And so effectively, if at any point in the next 10 years they want to go and sell the property, they have to sell it to us at the same price. If they really want to keep the property, and this is family property, this is you know where they want to, to live out the rest of their life or whatever, hey, that's fine. We've never actually had someone do that. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it, it almost always comes down to the money. But, you know, it, it was not a great deal for us in the first, I mean, I say that we're 50% of value, but I mean, it wasn't great, fantastic deal. So it's like, Hey, we got better stuff. Let's just right. charge it to the game and move on. Right. Second one came from a wholesaler in Rogersville, Alabama. Oh yeah. So, uh, I happened to be in North Alabama. So I thought, well, I'll go by Rogersville and see this house, you know? So I did. And, uh, it was a hundred year old house as well. Now, don't get me wrong. I live in that 82 year old house. So, I mean, they can be yeah, great. They can be great houses. That's not a problem. But this one, the numbers look like this. The ARV, at first, I had a number for. The cash at closing was 63000 Okay? That didn't bother me that much till I realized that the rehab was $1.2 million. <laughs> at that point, who cares about the ARV? It doesn't really matter. Say that one more time. I had, this entire house was basically <laughs> gutted. It was a shell. But the entire thing was gutted pretty much on the inside, except the great, he told me it had two beautiful fireplaces in it. And it did. It just didn't have nothing else. <laughs> and so it didn't matter what we'd have paid for that. He could have paid us 20 bucks for it, and we still couldn't afford to, to do anything with it. So we let that one go. So that handles my two cancels. And I'll, <laughs> you go ahead, James. I got two more left on my list. And I know you well, got, only got about, about 20. I'm just kidding. I only got about six left. But... So this next one is is right around the corner from my house. You know, it's 25 miles from the house in, in Liberty, Tennessee. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, she she calls me up and and she she born and raised in the in the double wide on an acre. Uh, and you know her her father had passed away and she just wanted to get out. And uh, so we're getting it for 80. But the kicker is she's got it's on a it's on a, a one acre plot. It's got a little creek. But it's got a nice garage. Uh, this concrete floor, electric in it. But then the kicker to it all is a mile down the street is a two-acre plot that she has that goes with the land. So it's a total of three acres. So we're still working on that. It was uh, The title wasn't her name. She's got it in her name now. But the biggest issue is trying to find where the two acres is. I, I know that sounds hard to believe, but it is out in the country. Tony I think out. I know where it is. Yeah, I think I do, the too. two acres. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to find out where that two acres is, see if we can do anything with that. But I'm looking forward to doing that. And again, Tony's helping me out a lot with that one. I appreciate that, Tony. Well, it was e I was going to be out there for another one, so it was easy just to stop by and see it. And it really, I mean, the it, the garage, don't get confused that this is some small little detached car garage. Oh, no, uh, somebody could run a really nice mechanic business out of this mm -hmm. or anything else, a woodworking shop. It, it is as big as the house. So we're thinking so. just the, the lot. Just the one acre lot is like 140 exit, we're thinking maybe, right? 140, 150? I, I mean, I think so. If I can get some cooperation from higher power. <laughs> I'm kind of pushing back on his values a little bit. <laughs> but let me just say something about that. James and I, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get them un, under contract, the good deals for us. And so when we kind of come to a conclusion, we think this is a good one. And then uh, most of the time we get from Brad, yeah, great, write that one up. But yeah. sometimes we get pushback. But if you don't have somebody pushing you back on these deals, you're going to buy some that you're going to regret. We should never be afraid to have any kind of pushback on anything we're doing in our business. So it's, it's really, it's really important. Now we do, we do pushback on the pushback sometimes. Yeah. But, and sometimes that does well. And other times we'll come back with our pushback on the pushback and we will then realize we need to let this go. And at, at this point, we just get confused yes. as to what we're doing. That's so. right. <laughs> All right. So let me jump in here because James, this one was down the street from you. I mean, down the street, 25 miles away, but um, it feels down the street when you're buying yeah. regionally effectively. So did you buy this one on the phone or in person? On the phone. 
Okay, so Tony, since he's been with me for so long, we used to go to every appointment in person, and it came to a point when I found that to be very not necessary. So almost everything that we buy now, certainly above 80%, is done over the phone. And so we contract it based on what we know. We get a home inspection. We get the values, all of that, to figure out what we don't know. Are you guys surprised that we can buy a house with equity in one phone call with terms? Mm. Because I think that's something that you kind of struggled with whenever you came back into purchasing because you'd always done it the old way. And I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still having to correct some things for me now because I did all of them on site. I mean, I, I had my my little pad in front of me and and went through the whole deal. And I felt comfortable because I could cover so many things. I could inspect at the same time I was doing different things. And when I went and did our rehabs for two years, during that time, you brought James on. And James, you taught James the new way. And he started buying sight unseen over the phone. Mm -hmm. So by the time we brought somebody back in to do our owner financing then, and I started buying again, the whole game had changed for me. <laughs> and and uh, and so I'm over here going, James, how are you doing this, man, without seeing these, without doing that? So it is, I do like when we get one close by because I ride out there and mm -hmm. see, you know? Yeah, he, he enjoys that. But I'm transitioning now to where most of them that I'm buying now, I'm buying over the phone. And it, it does surprise me now it did it first. Well, one inter interesting thing I think about buying over the phone is kind of eliminates the, the possibility of them selling to someone else before we get out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. a, a couple of these deals that I've done over the phone, they've actually had people scheduled to come visit them. Oh, yeah. But yet they they, they take my deal over the phone. If I would have waited, then I could have possibly missed out on the deal. So that's one thing I like about it. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, I am now, too. I just. Yeah, it, it's, and it's, it's been great for me. Like that one that's 25 miles from the house, I probably could have went and visited her and sat down with her and done the deal in person. Yeah. Uh, but she was ready to make, the, make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, so if she's ready, I'm ready. So one thing there, we're always going to be better with our negotiation in person. So if you have 10 leads a month and they're, they're all in your hometown, please go see those people in mm -hmm. person, okay? But whenever you have mass lead flow, we're going to be better overall in terms of purchasing if we go fast. So we don't have to be as effective because we have more opportunity. And so you can kind of decide where you are in that. But I, here's the hierarchy of beliefs that I think I talked about in the last case study. So whenever I first started in this business, I came from the world of selling real estate. I got my real estate license when I was 18. And whenever ever I began to do the investing side, here's kind of what I believed. I said, well, nobody's going to let me take over a loan in their name and transfer title. That's just not going to happen. And then that started to happen. And then I thought, well, it's 2010, it's 2011. People really don't have an option. They're behind on payments. Nobody's going to sell a house to me at 50, 60, 70 cents on the dollar. And then that happened. And then I thought, well, that happened, but that's because they still need the money. Nobody's going to have a free and clear property and give me 0% owner finance terms on it. And then that happened. And then I thought, well, all of this is happening because we've got it down to a science we're that good in person. We can't just do this on the phone. And then that happened. And we started buying just stuff over the phone. And the first one really that it happened with was that Bristol triplex, if you remember that. Oh, because yeah. it was it was like five hours away. He owned it free and clear. And I was like, I just don't want to go five hours to run an appointment. Let's just do it over the phone. And I did that myself. And I was like, wow, that worked. He didn't care. And then it came down to nobody's going to call us with a free and clear piece of property for free until that happened. And so now I don't know where the, the like, where's my hierarchy of belief systems at? I guess nobody's going to call me with a, a very valuable piece of property and offer me a check to take it, but uh, maybe one day, right? Mm. So anyway, we can do this on the phone almost as effectively as we can in person. 
Uh, and it just allows us to go a lot faster with scale. All right, so what do we got next? So the next is a little strange. Uh, it was in Bay Manette, Alabama. This was a, a divorce situation. That, that was the reason they were selling. And so I, I was immediately to get on it. I called right away, got the guy on the phone. He told me situation, getting a divorce, had to get rid of it. I already knew the ARV was going to be somewhere around 120, 130. So I was kind of, you know, thinking about what his offer was going to be. He, he, he come out first with 60, and then I talked him down to 40. Uh, and of course, it was an all cash deal. But uh, when, with an exit of 120, I figured we could do the 40 cash. So I got that typed up, sent it to him. The next day, I got a phone call from the exact same number that I had called, and he said that he was the man's father. And the man I had talked to that I bought the house from didn't own the house, that he and his four brothers owned it. So five brothers had owned it. And he didn't, I, he, I asked him about the divorce, and he didn't know anything about a divorce. Pretty much cussed me out, said, I'll sue you. Don't call me no more. So uh, the, we're still working that out. I, I, it's at the title company. We're trying to figure out whose name it's in. I haven't heard back yet. So that's still kind of in limbo. So don't look like that's going to come to fruition, but something will happen with it. Very cool. Very cool. All right, so uh, another deal is in Ardmore, Tennessee, a mm. country town. Got the ARV of about 170 on this deal. Uh, took it at 111 mortgage subject to with 20000 on the walkaway, and the home inspection came back, and that looks pretty clean. It's a brick house. Uh, the motivation on that guy it was the same as the previous one. It's a divorce, so you know he just had to get out of the house. And uh, the 20 walkaway, he's going to split with his wife, so everybody's happy. So that's the deal on that one. Mm -mm -mm. So I got two, and then you got three more? That's correct. All right, I'll do these two, and then you can finish this up. All right. So the first one is Dickens Hill Road up here in Bradenville, Tennessee. It's another one just outside of Murfreesboro, and we hardly ever get anything in Rutherford County. Right. Just because it's such a hot market, and people are just clamoring over folks to buy their houses from them. So and we're not going to clamor. We're non-clamorers. <laughs> so Dickens Hill's a pretty—Bradenville's pretty area— uh, it's a strange thing when you get out there. It's kind of a shared driveway, and then um, it comes off that shared driveway, and then all of a sudden you see two double-wide manufactured homes about 75 feet away from each other, and, and, and they look like they're on the same lot, and they are. So this piece of property actually, once I got out there, comes with two houses. Hmm. And um, as it turns out, we're most likely going to be able to divide that into two lots. So we'll have a house on each lot, which means our value, our return on our value goes way up. Mm -hmm. So um, the ARV on it is going to wind up being about 150 to 160 on one and about 125 to 135 on the other. So we're buying it as one package, selling it as two. Hmm. So it kind of doubles, almost doubles our cash. So we're paying 50000 for the whole property, $50,000 for two homes. So 25000 cash at closing and 25000 in payments of $1,000 a month until it's paid for. So we'll pay 50000 for it and... Its ARV is probably going to, we'll do 25000 a piece in in uh, the rehabs on it. And 25000 is interest-free money. Oh, yes. Interest-free money on the 25000 in payments. So this one will be, this one will do really well. And people don't think, you know, when they're buying manufactured homes, they think, well, this is not a nice deal. But that's because you're thinking about a house and not about equity. Right. We buy equity. We don't buy houses. So the return, it's the return on our investment that's in that is 
is what we're looking for. So I guess the last one I have is on Airport Lake Road in McMinnville, Tennessee. That's another town close by. Another town close by. A good situation. The ARV on it is, this was a couple and they, they just want to move. They're, they're, they were behind on their mortgage. They're, they're tired of dealing with that mortgage company. So they wanted to move. So the ARV on it is about 200. We paid 87,000 for it, cash at closing. We'll put 20 in it. So we have about 107 in it and sell it for about 200. So that's not a bad I'd one. say that's a deal. That's a good deal. So those are my <laughs> last two, James, for July. All right. Well, I got three more. So, uh, got one in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, you know, so we're still trying to work that out. He hasn't went to probate or any of that. So we're trying to work that out with him right now, but we're looking at taking the mortgage of 94 sub two and giving him 15 at, at closing. And uh, again, the ARV is around 150 on that one. So 110 ARV is about 150. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not a, not a killer deal, but the fact that the, that you're taking it sub two and the interest rate on that was a 2.8%. How much are we taking sub two? 94,000. Okay. Yeah. And only 10 at closing. Yep. Or so 15, a, 15 it, at closing. It's a great owner finance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now the next one, we ended up having to cancel this one because we couldn't find a value. It's, it's, it's in Pritchard, Alabama. And it, again, he wanted 140 all cash. I tried to come back to him and, and restructure the deal, but we found the ARV to be, you know, maybe 165, 170 and with 140 cash investment that just didn't seem to click. So we canceled that. So we canceled that okay. deal. And then this very last deal was, uh, is going to be a great equity gainer. I mean, we're looking at it probably 100 to 125 on the exit. It was a 20-year-old mobile home. The couple brought it brand new. They placed it on there on a permanent foundation on an acre of land. Her husband passed away, and she just wants to move up north to be with her family. She started off, her price was $13,000. And I thought to myself, $13,000, that's a great deal. But I had to ask that question. You know what that question One is? One time. Yeah. What's is that, is that the, the lowest you'd take on it? Is that the least you take. take on it? And she said, "Well, I'll take ten. So we bought that for ten thousand dollars cash. And, and what are we going to put anything in it? It's in uh, great shape. It's in great shape. There, you know, it had the the air conditioner on top of the uh, mm-hmm. of the unit, and it had a leak in the air conditioner at one time, and it came down and it dripped on the floor and put a hole in the floor. They covered it with plywood. Mm-hmm. That's the only repair that's needed in that house. Oh wow! Yeah, two full baths, got the sunken tub and all that separate shower. So. That's a great deal. And again, on an acre of land. Oh, wow. So what else you want to talk about, Tony? Well, it's kind of interesting. You were talking about that one. I thought I'd share about Lithonia, Georgia. So from time to time, you're going to have one like this. We bought a house in Lithonia, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Uh, Actually, it's a part of greater Atlanta. And we had it rehabbed. Mm -hmm. Probably spent 25 on it, rehabbing the thing. It's a nice house. It's uh, actually a uh, split level when you walk in. It's got a, it's a five bedroom, three bath house. And we sold it immediately to a REIT. We sold it to them for full price. And we got a day before closing and they were doing their final walkthrough. And when they opened the front door, the entire interior of the house had been vandalized. I mean, I wish I could show you the video right now. Uh, just, we may work that video in. If Brad wants to do that, but it would, I've never seen a house so vandalized in my seven, eight years of doing this with Brad. Never have seen that. And so we're having to rehab it again. Now we're rehabbing the rehab. They spray painted on the walls everywhere. They knocked out entire sheets of drywall. I mean, it, it, the only cabinets, kitchen cabinets are just ripped to pieces. We're going to have to try to remove the granite off of them and then get kitchen cabinets back the same sizes 
new kitchen cabinets the same sizes so we can u- reuse the granite. And that's if we can get the spray paint off the granite. So it, it, it is an, it may be more of a rehab now than it was the first time. Yeah. And so the funny thing is when I bought that house, uh, the very next day after I had her under contract, she sort she signed the agreement. She called me. She said, well, my dad says I'm not getting enough for the property. I want to cancel it. So I, I was really new. <laughs> not that I'm not new now, but yeah. so I called Brad. I said, what do you do? So he gave me the three choices. So I called her up. I gave her three choices. I said, you signed a 10 year right of refusal, you know, so to this price, you know, and I told her the three choices. And, uh, she said, when can I get my money? <laughs> so, right. so we set a closing date as quick as we could and closed on it. And it, it's funny that that happened. Yeah. I, I want to say this, though, about James just saying that I'm still new. One of the things that has been helpful for James and I is that we don't have a background in real estate, nor do we have a background in um, investing through a different model. So right. we didn't have anything to unlearn. Uh, when Brad said, here's what you do, you stick to this script. I don't care what happens. I don't care what they say. You just stick to this script. So when you don't know no better, you know what you do? You stick, you to, stick to that script. <laughs> yeah. And so, but that is why we're able to buy is because we stick to the script. The power is in the way that script is written. And it's not written to take anything from somebody else that they don't want to give. It is written to help solve their problem. They come in motivated because they have some problem. If they don't come in with a problem, they're not motivated. And you're not going to want that deal right? because they're not motivated. There's not a deal there. But you can still, I stay on those, we stay on those calls because you can still learn something from those calls. But when they come in motivated and you will, you will let that script walk them through you being able to solve their problem, and that's what the script does. It's not the script's not written to take something from them. They're all they call wanting to give you something, their problem. The script is written to help them give you, hand you the problem. And that problem is in that house. It's in it's it's in that house and it's mortgage. So stick to that script. I don't care what they say. You just you just look right back down and go through keep going through that script. And if they are motivated, and if if it is a deal that will work, if there's a way you can help take that problem from them, the script will let you do it. Yep. You got anything else? No, nope, that's all I got. All right. We'll see you. Same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> All right, guys. So just to recap, we did $1.13 million in equity position in one month in our business. And so you don't get to that point without learning a few things along the way and having a lot of intention with how you do things, right? Um, one of the, the most important things to me is to be able to create the success in these systems that have created this type of success, but also impart that to other people. So here's my invitation is if you're currently struggling in your business, maybe you don't know how to find motivated seller leads or be found, I should say, when motivated sellers are looking for you. Uh, Maybe you don't really understand how to negotiate, how to go from the front door to the contract in a way that's seamless, that's scripted, so you know that path every single time. Or maybe you don't really understand the deal structure. We talked about subject to and how to create 0% owner finance and talking about creating owner financing on our sales and wraps and those kinds of things. If, if that's all foreign to you, then I would submit to you that you're missing more than you're capturing. And so even if you have been trying to go it alone, uh, it's going to be a really tough road. And, and I see this really all the time with other investors. 
And so here's my invitation is if you want help in your business, then reach out to me, okay? Uh, I do calls myself as an invitation uh, to the apprenticeship. And the apprenticeship is a program that I created based on the needs that I saw in the education industry in real estate because there's so much bad information out there. Either uh, you have people that aren't active in the business right now, they don't know how to navigate this really strong seller's market, or it's a position where they were successful in the past but they don't really understand what works today. And so um, with that, if this is something that you're interested in applying to be a part of the apprenticeship where me and you work together to create these kinds of results, then email us at support at bradsmotherman.com. Tasha will send you an application and we'll review that, see if you might be a fit for the apprenticeship. And if you are, then you and I are gonna jump on a call. So we'll spend about an hour together, go through what's working in your business, what's not working, and I'll see if I can help. And if I can help, then we'll talk about how the apprenticeship works. And if I can't, then I'll really do the best that I can to point you in the right direction based on what you're hoping to accomplish. So I hope this was impactful. We really enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. Otherwise, if you'd like to apply, reach out to us at support at bradsmotherman.com. We'll see you guys next time. Maybe it'll be 2 million our next shoot. Thank you.